Good morning on this Wednesday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you've been joining us, we've been doing a little comparison between Psalm 102 and Psalm 103. We've been talking about the overcoming life of the Christian, the believer, and God bringing us to a place where we are broken. Where, in other words, we are empty of ourselves so He can fill us. The more we are full of ourselves, the less He can fill us of Himself. And we call that brokenness, reaching a place in God where a decision is made to follow Him and trust and believe in Him no matter what the circumstances of life are. In Psalm 102, verse 1, it says, A prayer of the afflicted, when he is overwhelmed and pours out his complaint before the Lord, hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline your ear unto me in the day when I call. Answer me speedily, for my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned as a hearth. My heart is smitten and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. And then, of course, the mention of three birds. Uh, I am like the pelican of the wilderness. I am like an owl of the desert. And it says, I watch and am as a sparrow alone upon the house top. Now, when we look at, and we were looking yesterday at the life of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians in chapter 12, and we're talking about being strengthened when we are weak. Jesus was strengthened when he had been praying at the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, he had reached a point of physical weakness where he needed to be revitalized. And that is what the angel came to do in Luke twenty-two forty-three. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Now here's what Paul says concerning the problems of life, the difficulties of life. It says in verse 10, 2 Corinthians 12, 10. Therefore, I take pleasure in weakness, in feebleness, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Many times you'll hear the comment that people will make, especially worldly people, that Christians are weak or they're weaklings. Just because we do not physically fight or stand up for ourselves uh, with force. But Jesus promised something to us for those that would depend upon God as their defense, as their high tower, their mighty rock, as the one that would provide the vindication and the solution and the answer to what we are going through. We just read what Paul was going through, the things that were in his life. Well, in the Sermon of the Mount, we find quite a number of things that are really interesting. And if you stop to analyze them and look at them a little bit closely, you begin to see that there is a brokenness in them in 
one aspect or another of our lives, whether it's our spirit, whether it's our body, uh, whether it's our soul, whether it's our time, whether it's our money, uh, we'll, we'll look at this. So let's start with Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Blessed are they which are persecuted. That's what Paul talked about. He was persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Notice, the reward for being persecuted for righteousness sake is the kingdom of heaven. But there is a certain aspect on being persecuted. That means that in this case, you are being persecuted because you're standing with God for that which is truth. You're standing with Him for that which is right. You're standing with Him for that which is holy, that which is pure. And because of that, you get persecuted. Well, that means you have to lose a little bit of yourself. Something has to be broken in us for us not to react back and basically uh, let our emotions and feelings and our words make up for our so-called feebleness or weakness that is considered by the world in the life of a Christian. We are not weak in that aspect. It takes more strength to resist and have self-control than it does to just cut loose and just let everything uh, out of your voice, out of your mouth, out of your mind, out of your soul, out of your heart. Now, Jesus said in verse 11, Blessed are you when men shall revile you. Now, the word there, revile, it simply means that to defame, defamation. Uh, they're going to rail against you. They're, 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 they're literally going to reproach you. Uh, many times one hears, well, look at that. You say you're a Christian and look at the way you behave. Almost like if they're saying, well, if you don't behave according to the way we think that a Christian should behave, then, you know, so they reproach us. But Jesus said, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you. Once again, we find the word persecute. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. It boils down once again to restraint. Having self-control. Men are going to use their tongue as a weapon. And they are going to say all kinds of things against us. They will use their tongues literally as a sword. They'll use their tongues as a weapon to come against us, to try to uh, break us, to try to get us to throw in the towel and quit, to try to get us to reach a place in our lives where we're so frustrated that we even give up being a Christian. But look at what the scripture says. In Isaiah fifty four seventeen, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Remember, we talked about the armor of Satan and all that he uses against us. He says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. 
Why? Because we're more than conquerors. That which is born of God overcomes the world, even our faith. This is what overcomes. But the scripture says, And every tongue that rises up against thee in judgment. There it is. What Jesus was teaching in the Sermon of the Mount, uh, we can find it here in the book of Isaiah. The word there for judgment is basically a, a verdict. They, they, they want to pass a sentence of, of judgment or condemnation against us. But the scripture says, And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So now let's go back and let's look at Matthew, where we were reading. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, shall say all manner of evil against you, falsely for my sake. Here's the clincher, just like we read in Isaiah Matthew 5.12, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Didn't Paul say that? I will rather take pleasure in this, that I am persecuted, in that I am weak, in that this and that. Notice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, it says in Matthew 5.39, But I say unto you, that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now this is once again that part of dying and brokenness. You know, when someone does something like that, when someone says things like that to us, our Flesh, our flesh wants to respond in the meanest, cruelest possible way. It does not want to deal or take that. But yet the scripture says that that, was the, that is exactly what Jesus was saying. When he was buffeted, when his beard was pulled, when they hit him with rods, he didn't complain and say, well, you, you, you just wait till you die and you wind up in hell. No, he just kept his mouth shut. Why? Because there is great power. Now, there's a time for everything. But in this case, you keep your mouth shut and there is a great power that is released in us because we have rather decided to yield unto God than to bring up our standard and our rights and say, well, I demand that you do this because it is my right. In Christ Jesus, all our rights are in God and in Him alone. In this world, they may say we have rights, but all those, all those rights can be just thrown out the door, out the window, and mean absolutely nothing. When it comes even to uh, the physical flesh wanting to respond or the mind wanting to have a, 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 a literal uh, blowout 
because of what has been said. It's, it's immense pressure and tension that is put on the physical body and the mind to have to do this. And physically and in the natural, it is not possible to do it. There has to be a point in our life where we have reached and made a decision that we are going to trust God that even at our weakest so-called point, we are not going to lift up our finger, but we're going to let God lift his finger. And with his finger, he'll cast out devils. He'll cast out demons. He'll release his power like he did on Egypt through his spirit. For whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him too. Now this one is a hard one, especially at the workplace. Oh my goodness, do people take advantage of one. They abuse not only their authority, they abuse not only their position, but they abuse simply being a human being on how they treat others. And the scripture says, when this happens to you, and you've reached a point where it's like you can't take it no more, you can't handle it no more, say to yourself, okay, you asked me to go one mile, I'll go two. There's something that happens on the inside of you. That does not mean, mean that we become a doormat for the world. But it does mean that we reach a certain attitude and character in our lives where we're willing to be more like Jesus than we are to be like the world. Look at what it says in Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Now that's hard. Do good to them that hate you. Oh boy, now that's taking it really to the next level. And pray for those which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now stop and think about that. You know, you've been making my life a living hell and miserable at work or wherever you're at. Because I'm a Christian and I'm just supposed to take that, you know, like if it was nothing. While well, the scripture says, start praying for them. Start praying. That is going to take a breaking of our soul and our spirit and of our flesh where we yield and say, Lord, I'm going to love them. Though they consider themselves my enemies, they have cursed me, but I'm going to do good to them, even though they, had, they have hated me all these years that I have been here and pray for them. Because they have taken advantage of using every aspect of your life. And they even persecute you for it. Jesus teaches us that in our brokenness, brokenness, in our weakness, He will come strong, full circle for us. And we'll talk about this tomorrow a little bit more. Join us then on Thursday, but until then, keep looking up. Our redemption draweth near. The Lord richly and fully bless you. Until then, amen.